everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and on this episode of the Towncast, we had the chance to catch up with the re-elected senator of the uh, Legislative District 40, uh, Senator Kristen Corrado, at the Hillary Street Restaurant and Grill in Totowa, and um, she shares a lot about her story growing up, and then also her challenges and her uh, and some of the things that she loves about being being our senator. All right, enjoy the episode, everybody. So here we are. We're at Hillary Street Cafe in Totowa, uh, and I mean, it's it's such a quaint, it's such a cute, quaint little place. I can see why why you like it here. And I am sitting next to the newly reelected senator of the legislate of the 40th legislative district, Kristen Corrado. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming here. So That's great. How was it? All right, now you're reelected. I'm reelected. How was it the second time versus the first time you ran? Uh, it was exhausting. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. It was tough. Um, this is the first time we ran in a, in a new district. Yeah, so so let's talk a little. So they realign the districts. How, how often does that happen? So it's every 10 years in our Constitution, and it's based oh, okay. on population. And so it's usually done in even years once the census has been completed. Uh, this is unique, and it'll probably never happen again. We're off a year. We're off an election cycle. Um, it should have uh, happened okay. during COVID. Oh, it was supposed to happen so, a few years ago? Yeah, it should have happened for the last election. And uh, here it was. So, so it was pushed back. When did they announce it? They made the decision during COVID with the census. Um, there was questions whether or not they were going to get the census done in time and have the information to redistrict it. So they actually pushed off the, the physical redistricting um, about a year okay. and then announced the new districts and created this situation that was unique that I don't think will ever happen again, where we were representing one district yeah. for a, a year and a half, yeah. but knowing we were running in a totally new district um, and trying to keep that balance of making sure we're representing our constituents, but going into the new towns and starting to meet everybody. Wow. Pretty so, unique. So which district, which towns did you lose and which did you pick up? So we had 15 before and we still have 15. We had two towns in Morris County, Pequannock and Riverdale. We lost them. Okay. We had Bergen County towns that we lost, Upper Bergen County. So the Allendale, Waldwick, Midland okay. Park, and Hohokus, we lost them. Oh, right along that mainline train. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. In Passaic County, we lost Pompton Lakes and picked up Hawthorne. And then we moved. Yay for Hawthorne. Yes, yay for Hawthorne. We're glad to be there. And then we moved in a totally different direction and we went into Essex County where we picked oh, so up the bulk of our towns. We had Cedar Grove, that was it. Okay. And so now we have um, all the Caldwells Caldwell, North Caldwell, West Caldwell, Fairfield, Verona. And we still have Cedar Grove and, and Essex Falls. Of course, you have Cedar Grove because that's where Tommy DeVito's from. That is, we are thrilled, and right? we also have Aaron Rodgers. So we're covering all our bases <laughs> in New Jersey. What are the chances that the two, you know, New York well, quarterbacks would both live in District Forty? Right there, yeah. you go. Nice. Yeah. You know, you're a football fan. They, I, I am a Giant fan too. So are you? I'm, and married to a Jet fan, so we spread well, it around. I, I can make this announcement. I'm not going to tell you where it's going to happen, <laughs> but 
we did find out, I just found out yesterday, that Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets, Tommy, Tommy D, Cutlets. is going to be coming to Hawthorne to sign autographs, oh. but you got to stay tuned to, to the Towncast to be right. announced. You got to stay tuned to the Towncast. He's coming. He's coming to Hawthorne, and I'm hoping to get. I want to get his parents on oh, the Towncast. That would be get, great. Yeah. I've heard they're. I've heard they're wonderful yeah, people. they look like um, fun. Everybody that knows them in the town has nothing but great things to yeah. say about them. Especially em. when you do this the right way. You know what I mean? Because so many awesome. people they're like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. It's come on. Please, we are, are very you very proud of him, and yeah. it's, it's exciting. And I know he did um, a signing in Wayne. Yeah, I was. I went there. They were the line. Like I said was at the door, yeah. and I know some people that went, and they're just they can't stop raving about him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that. Stay tuned because we will announce That's it, great. and we'd love to. We'd love for you to come. I'd love to be there. All right, I we'll make sure him. to include you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. So how did how did you even get involved? You grew up. Group in Totowa. Born and raised your whole right life. here in this town. Yep. And your office is still in Totowa. My office is still in Totowa. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Totowa girl. How did you ever get involved in politics? Like, What made you... Because I don't get it. Yeah. I really don't get it. I don't get anybody that's in politics. So I started behind the scenes with my dad. Aww. My dad was involved at the local level uh, with our town of Totowa. And, you know, it's sometimes helping out at the county level. And I kind of, whatever my dad did, I wanted to do. And so I started at a really young age. He would bring me to meetings, to reorganization meetings at the town. Um, and back That's in the so day, cool. I knocked on doors for other candidates. We didn't have email. And so you really contacted them by knocking on doors and making right. that one-on-one -on -one contact, but we did letters. We used to send letters and address envelopes. We used to make phone calls. Did and you? How I, old were you when you started doing that? I was probably uh, in my early teens when I started on the phone calls, oh, so but the cute. other, the background stuff and the helping out, um, putting packets together, I've been doing that my whole life, um, helping behind the scenes. And as I got older, I got more involved. Um, but I will tell you, running for office was never on my radar. Really? It was not something I wanted to do. I mentioned to you um, off camera, I'm one of seven. My parents will tell you, hands down, I'm their least likely child to get involved <laughs> in politics. Where are you in the seven? Number two. You were number it's two? Number two. And at boys, girls, what's uh, the... Five girls, two boys. And wow. I am probably one of the shyer children in the family. Really? This has put me out of my shell. And no one else is involved in politics. Um, I have. Uh, they all help out. They all help out on elections. Um, I have a younger sister who's brilliant, smart. Um, she does great things. She works for an NGO. I could see her going into politics. Oh, someday. Okay. Yeah, all she right. would be the one. But now you're you're the inspiration now. But yeah, I am. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but it's you know I think my elections are unique because it was always a family effort and a team effort, and that's one of the things about my family and my town keeps me grounded. Um, it, it's humbling because they're proud. Yeah. They were really proud when I ran. They took it personally. Um, we had people that helped out or, you know, I made sure my family voted or I told my kids to get Aww. out and vote. And I always say it was a team effort. And that's really, we're grassroots. That's how we run our campaigns. Yeah, well, Old school. Family's always good to keep you grounded and yeah. remember who you are and where you're from. Yeah. They do. <laughs> yeah. They do. <laughs> Especially that many siblings. That's true. Yeah, let me be the first to tell you. <laughs> So, what made you? What made you pick? Because you were you were say county clerk. I was. Is that what made you pick that particular office? I was started? actually asked to run for office um, in two thousand nine, and um, was it your it, dad? It wasn't my dad. It was the party <laughs> chairman at the time, who's a lifelong friend, and we were sending a message. Um, there was a split in the party, and we kind of said, "Hey, don't forget about us. We're here too." Um, you know, 
just to put it out there and see how we would do. Um, we weren't expected to win. Um, and we won a really hard-fought primary. The candidates I ran with at the time were running for freeholder. They didn't win, so we went into the general election kind of a split ticket. Um, I ran off the line. I didn't right, have right. the party support, um, but we worked together and we were successful that year. And we won the clerk seat and three commissioner seats. Wow. So what does it mean to be a county clerk? So the county clerk is the constitutional office. It's one of three in New Jersey, along with the sheriff and the surrogate. It's actually set forth in the. Um, New Jersey State Constitution. It dates back to English times. It came over with the pilgrims. The clerks were the clerics who knew how to read and write, and they recorded the property. Oh, so records. you were elected because you knew how to read and write. I was. That's one of the, <laughs> one of the reasons. One. one of the small reasons. It was. And then one of the things they do is they, they're, um, over the years, evolved. They're involved in elections, which was hands down my favorite part. Um, they were in charge of the vote by mail, um, designing the ballot. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, certifying the election. It was um, it was a, a great learning experience, a great responsibility. It was something I enjoyed. And then they do passports, veteran IDs. Oh, okay. Um, and they do all your property records are recorded in the clerk's office, your deeds, your mortgages. Right, right. And it's pretty cool because they have records dating back to the 1600s for Passaic County. Is there really? There are. It's, it's really neat. There's maps and books and handwritten books with and bound. Do, do, and do people have access to it? They, they see do. Them? Really? They do. They're open to the public. A lot of the older books are, you know, preserved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of the documents are online now. Um, but the maps and everything are still there. Wow. So they yeah. can go to the clerk's office and say, I'd like to see yeah. the records. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yep, they're public records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I had no idea. You know, I've been to the clerk's office, yeah. but I have no idea what they do. And <laughs> yeah. then you were telling me, that, so you are your own boss as you a clerk. You are. You are. I was mentioning that people would come in and say, I'd like to see, you know, who you answer to. I want to talk to, to your boss. <laughs> that, wait, a wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, if there That's was a problem. That's when you go like this. What are you talking about? What? And I would say, I am my boss. And they said, I'm going to tell the governor on you. And I would say, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't answer to the governor. It's a unique office. They're responsible for themselves. And they run their office. The funding comes from the county. Right. So the you know, freeholders set the budget. Um, but the county clerk's offices, I don't think people realize it is a moneymaker for most counties because it depends your realty transfer fees, your documents that are being recorded, right. um, a fee comes back from the passports. If you're opening up a business, you register it there, um, you swear in notaries, so it does so add up. So the cash cow, that was the cash they cow. Really, they really are the moneymaker for the county. Wow, why'd you money. leave? <laughs> I, I ran for I ran for uh, another seven. office. Yeah. <laughs> so you were you were county clerk, mm -hmm. and how many years were you clerk? About eight. I ran for re-election in 2014, and I won. Um, and I was going to finish it out um, and go back to my normal life. Yeah, but that it didn't it happen. Didn't quite happen that way. So so yeah. what what transpired that you know said oh I'm going to do this. I had a, a, again one of those unique situations where I got a phone call from Kevin O'Toole who was the senator for the 40th district and had made the decision not to run again. And before he went public with it, he called me one morning and said, I'm not gonna run. I think you should think about running for my seat. And it took me about 10 seconds to, it, to say, I'm gonna do it. Really? I did. It, was, it wasn't something I was thinking about. Just when it was but offered But when the opportunity to, to run for it, um, 
I remember I went to work. I called my dad. I said, Dad, I think we're going to run for Senate. Oh, <laughs> he you was must have been so proud. He was oh. really proud. Is he still alive? He is. He's he was, still my law partner. He, I work with him. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I have both my parents. I'm very blessed. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. So he must still be just... He loves this. Um, he loves the election. He loves behind the scenes. Um, he loves helping out on the campaigns. We kind of run them out of our law office together, um, nice. what we're going to do. And so, so yeah, my family's very involved. Let's promote your law office. It's Corrado and Corrado. It's me and my dad. And are you, is your family related to the Corrado family that has the supermarket? No, we probably are somewhere, somewhere. along yeah, the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, can't be too many Same Corrado. name, and quite a few of the family live in the district. And they've been nothing but kind. Yeah, um, they yeah. get. They said they get asked sometimes. You know, are you related, are you related to, the to the senator? I get asked if I'm related to the market every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great name. All right. So for the great record, name. they're not related. <laughs> but we might be somewhere. <laughs> we got to search. <laughs> so you had Corrado and Corrado Law Offices yep. in Totowa. That's my and what kind job. of law? What kind of law? My do you dad have? and I. It's a. We always say it's a general. Um, you know, dad and daughter firm. Um, we do a lot of real estate. We do a lot of estate work, wills, and I represent the town of Totowa. Okay. Oh, As nice. their municipal attorney, something oh, my cool. dad did before me. Yeah. Uh, keeping it in the family. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, so you ran for Senate. I did. And you won. Won. We had a really hard-fought primary. Really hard-fought yeah, primary. How would, yeah. Tell me about the. Tell me about the. Like at this, everybody knows the presidential primaries mm -hmm. and all that. What is it like at this level? So I, I've had a couple primaries, and I've ran what they call off the line, too, which means you, you don't have the endorsement of the party, and um, you don't have the preferred ballot position. Um, I've done Or you're just down here. You're down further on here's, the line. all these lines, and then you're over here. But it makes you work harder. Yeah. Um, it, it was tough. We were running against the chairman. And that's how you won. You won. Yeah, I did. Because I always say, we work harder. Nice, <laughs> we, that's right. And I said, we really don't take it for granted, and no... Um, just out there constantly, and um, I pretty much use what you see is who I am, and uh, that's how we work. And we always had a great team. Like I said, it was my family, my friends, the people I was running with, everybody um, contributed, and we always did it as a group effort, as a team effort. Yeah. We might not have as much money, but we were always going to work as hard as we possibly could. And that was, was that 19? It was 2017. So 2017. We won the general. You won the general. Yeah. And then COVID hits. COVID hit. How did how did that affect your office? How did that affect LD40? COVID changed everything you knew about public service. I even remember talking to Senator O'Toole, now Chairman O'Toole, on the phone and saying, this is not what you told me. <laughs> it was going to be because it just changed everything we did. We were only closed for a very short time during COVID, um, a few weeks when they had mandated you couldn't be open. And as soon as we were allowed back in the office, we were back in there, so about six weeks. But even during that six-week period, we never shut down. Um, we had our laptops and our computers, and we were starting to help people immediately with unemployment, um, answering questions, getting information. It changed government because yeah. I think the district offices became and are still an extension of government and so instead of being able to call up a department or to go somewhere you were coming through us so we were working one-on-one -on -one with everyone in our district um, whether it was helping them file a claim and instead of the departments contacting the residents directly we were put in this crazy position of responding to them and for us too we were in this really weird position of not being able to pick up the phone and call somebody at the state level, email. 
you could only email because they weren't in their offices. Oh, and right. And that's still going on to this day. Don't call me. Even if I'm sitting here, just send me an email. <laughs> they Everything has to be an email. And while we can get some on the phone, and some departments will respond to our emails right away, good luck to anybody trying to get somebody in government. There's nobody there to answer the phone. And that has to change. Um, they're on an extension with a remote hybrid schedule. And when you're in public service, that doesn't work. Yeah. So that was one of the unfortunate things. Um, we worked incredibly hard. My staff is here. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can tell you how hard we worked. And it became like no matter where you went, people were reaching out. And we, they were desperate. Um, they yeah. were desperate when they were calling us. It led to some great things that I think we do. We had a young woman come in, single mom, three kids, that the police sent to us. When police sent to us because they didn't know where to send her. She had lost her job. She had no money for food. Oh, wow. um, Debbie in our office, I think, had $20 on her, and she gave her the money and she had in her pocket. But we wound up connecting with somebody that ran a food bank. He went to her house that day with a basket of food and, and gift cards wow. for the supermarket. And so we partnered with him, and we do food drives all year long um, to help support them. Um, wow, that's and awesome. so that, and that's, people are so generous. We had people that took their rebate checks in the beginning that were working and hadn't lost their job yeah. and just bought food to donate to the banks. Um, and anytime we pick up the phone and call when somebody um, falls on hard times, we can pick up the phone and call. And it's more than one food bank now. It's expanded. But they're there. They're there. They'll bring the food right to their home. Well, let, it, let me know. Any, any way that we can help promote them. There's, there's um, St. Agnes in Little Falls that we work with, Bob Dabrowski, who is, we, we call him an angel. And... Um, the Wayne Interfaith Food Pantry, and there's so many all over the district that do great work. Um, it's something that we've really seen pick up. You know, Krista Phillips has done a lot more work with the ones in Bergen County, um, working with them. Uh, but it's been it's been phenomenal, and that people really are generous and want to help. So that was that was a great um, thing that was yeah. a side effect of of the difficult mm -hmm. time. And how is it working with the different counties? I mean, because I know you're involved in Essex. Bergen and Passaic. Yeah, and uh, Morris till the end of the year. It's, it, it's been good. You know, we kind of, because we we are from different counties, um, and so we know more people or we're a little bit more comfortable in our home counties. I'll take the lead in Passaic. Sure. Assemblyman DePhillips will take the lead in Bergen, and we have a new uh, teammate that'll be sworn in in January, and Al Barless is from Essex County in Cedar Grove. And so we'll be looking to him to take the lead in Essex. But we work really well together. And with those the are offices. the assembly, assembly. Those are my assembly mates. Yeah. All right. So what do they do? Like what? What is an assembly? Same thing we do. Same thing we okay. do. The um, the the offices work together. Um, some have joint offices. We will have an office in each county. Okay. We're in Passaic. Um, Chris is moving his office to I think Franklin Lakes. Um, because he was in Midland Park and we lost that town. And Al is going to have his office in Essex County. And so it just makes it easier for the constituents to go directly to our office um, if there's a, a, something they need help with. Um, we do a lot of constituent meetings, but we work together. So the meeting may be in my office one time. The next time we'll do the meeting in Chris's office and we'll do the same thing with Al. But they're there for the residents. And we do get a lot of people that come in. Sometimes it's to ask questions. Sometimes it's for Just to help. walk in the office? We do get walk-ins uh, quite a bit. Um, we're one of the ones I think that are more active. We get people from out of state, and that's a compliment to my amazing. Really? Out of state, out of county, I should I say. Was out of say, district. Wow. Out of district. We do get calls from out of state, <laughs> but they'll come from other districts. We've had people during COVID that took two buses to get to our office. 
and they said we came to you because we heard you help people Aww. and so that's, that's my nice. phenomenal staff that they, you know yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the front line they're there every day to meet and greet people and work with them so if people do want to reach you and what are you, like frequently asked questions that you get when people call you we get a lot we get a lot of calls on how to get in contact with um, different departments okay. that's the one thing that um, is you know part of our routine day and you can call us you can email us you can come to our office and we do what we call outreach and we try to go to each town in the district um, we usually partner with our libraries and we'll have a schedule oh, okay. and you can come meet us there because it's easier and we try to do it so that it overlaps like work hours so maybe we're doing four to six right, right. five to seven events so people can get there um, after work hours as well, well let me know whenever you guys have events i'll, we I'll will. post them and promote yeah. it and because I, I i feel like people love to complain they love they to do. complain <laughs> more than they like to praise they do so i always i always encourage people you know listen if you're going to reach out Everybody has complaints. Everybody complains about everything. It's nice to get some praise every once in a while, which is rare, I'm sure. We do get compliments because I, I have a great, great group of people that I work with, um, great people in my office. We've been very lucky to have phenomenal interns too. Um, I know you got one sitting right here. here today. We got we, behind the scenes. We got the we got the uh, <laughs> we got the, the dream team right here. <laughs> they really are. They make my job easier. What we're, saying. <laughs> <laughs> we're complimenting you guys right see, now. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the one time that we're complimenting, that's it. Now it's going to be on social media. And they, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they represent us really well. Um, they make us look good because they do the work day in, day out. Um, the interns have been phenomenal because there's so many career opportunities From in there, government yeah. and they can get to see. And we've had some that have gone to intern down in Trenton and oh, are maybe wow. thinking about careers now. But they have been phenomenal at answering constituent questions, helping our um, residents. How, if someone was interested in interning, reach out. We will make it work. Um, okay. it, it, whatever the reason, we've had high school and college kids. Really? Um, we're we're proud of our interns. They come back. Um, you know, they keep in touch with oh, us. They let us know office. how they're doing. Right. It really is. And uh, we're really proud. We are so proud of our interns. We have the best interns around. <laughs> 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 what were your What were your when you first took office? What were your biggest challenges? Like, what did you? I think as much it just learning the lay of the land, um, finding out you know what's expected of you, what you can do. Because you have um, a mentor, someone to talk to. I had the best scenario because I had Kevin O'Toole, who actually took me to Trenton with him, took me for committees took me to voting sessions, introduced me to people so that I understood what was actually going on once you got down there That's awesome. and remained a resource. I still talk to him um, frequently, um, bounce ideas off of him. So I walked in with the best um, possible situation. He had actually stepped down early and I was appointed to his seat. So I had this hybrid where I was appointed in 2017 for a couple months, but still running for election in 2018. Um, so that was a unique experience, but just figuring out what you can do and what you can't do. Um, you know, you will get asked to help on all different areas and sometimes you can't. So saying no, or I can't help you is hands down the hardest thing to do. We got phone calls early on and it was not what I expected. And it was people really calling because they didn't know where else to turn, asking for help. And so I might not have the answers, but pretty quickly we learned to ask for help or ask for guidance. 
and we became able to put people in touch with somebody who could help them. Okay. And maybe that was services for somebody suffering from addiction, mm. or I'm having issues getting my um, child with developmental disabilities busing, or right. things that I never thought um, people would reach out for help. They did. Um, veterans for housing, and we had dealt with that a little bit as the county clerk's office um, because we had partnered with veteran groups. And so it really became this even bigger family and group of people that we can reach out to when someone calls because they're calling us because they don't know where else to turn. And I don't think I expected that people would be calling saying, I don't know what else to do. Can you yeah, help me? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that must feel good that you can. Hands down the best part when you help somebody. Yeah. It makes it worth it. Yeah. It makes it worth it. And we're lucky. We work with our federal partners, too, our Congress people and their offices, and we have a great working relationship with all of them. Um, and so we can pick up the phone and reach out, and um, they're great, too. So the, the hands, the, the staff, there's phenomenal yeah. staff around the state. So I, I want to talk about this. I, I saw the article where you've written a bill for um, handicap accessibility on our public transit, especially the trains, right? So what is that, how does, and this is my ignorance, I don't care if you guys care about this or not, I care about this. When, when you think about something, or you know, how does the whole bill writing process take me through that whole journey? So bill ideas come to us in multiple different ways, and I definitely, um, sitting in this job, have a special place in my heart for anybody with developmental and intellectual disabilities. And um, the community has welcomed us with open arms and we feel the same way. And so when we can think of ways to make life easier, sometimes they're really common sense, small approaches, we do it. Bills come to us in a variety of different ideas. Sometimes it's our constituents have a great idea. Sometimes we'll- Do they just send it to you like, they do. Hey, I had this idea. They do, and I love really? when they do that. We'll That's get so emails far. and we'll be like, that's a great idea. Why did nobody think of that before? And we'll be like, we never thought of that. And so please so send cool. us your ideas. We welcome them. Because they're looking at things differently than maybe we are as well, right, especially right. when you're living it. Well, and they're in other towns yeah. and you don't know. And then we'll select, because I, you know, I, I reposted it and I said, this doesn't just help no. this town. This helps the entire state. Yeah. And so it's something that we sit on transportation, the committee, so it's something that's on our radar. But we don't take into consideration when you're doing routes, train routes, bus routes, the needs of the developmental disability, the DDD yeah, community. Not world. We don't at all. And yet, that's their main method of transportation for a lot of them. Um, it's the difference between being able to get to work or being able to get to school or just being able to get around. And so that was a bill that really came through with um, conversations with the communities. We sit on the Disability Legislative Caucus with a, a lot of other people and we meet um, remotely for the most part over Zoom and we do it every couple months and they have been phenomenal for putting ideas um, in front of us and saying what can we do and there is a great staff bipartisan Office of Legislative Services staff down in Trenton. Um, they draft the bills. We are also so you just tell them. We give them ideas and they write it. Really? It's, it's great. Is that like when it, you know you always see like yes. nine thousand pages <laughs> yes. of this bill? And we go They're the one them. that put that all together. They do. We have a great staff. We have phenomenal staff down in Trenton too. Both offices, both sides of the aisle have their own um, offices, uh, both levels in the Senate and the Assembly. Um, we have you know the Senate Republican office. Smart, great, 
caring, dedicated people. A lot of times they'll come up with ideas for bills too. And they'll do the one-on-one -on -one work, working with the drafters, those that write the bills, um, making sure that it contains the information that we want, um, that there's no unintended consequences, so we have to go back and clean up the bill after right. it's adopted. How long is the whole process? It can be quick. It can take years. Um, there's no rhyme or reason. So once you get the bill drafted, you introduce it, it gets referred to a committee, and then you start the dance of trying to get it heard kind of in sell committee. The committee. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's um, an easy thing, and other times it takes much longer. No rhyme or reason. It's just because everybody has different priorities, and they're trying to, right. in this short window, get this get this work done. Does it become sometimes a party issue where it's like? Uh, well, we're not going to help that party because we're this party. It can. We're a little bit luckier in the Senate. There's only 40 of us. Nice. So 25 um, be Democrats, 15 Republicans. We work across the aisle, I think, much better um, than people realize. And I think people think politics, you know, we disagree on issues, but we get along. What you see at the national level is not my world or my experience. Right. At the state level, we definitely work um, across the aisle. And there's there are people you know that you become friendly with or you have passions, you share the same ideas, yeah, that yeah. you know, I'm going to go to that senator and we're going to get this bill done together. Yeah. Um, that happens too. So we don't run into as many obstacles with it becoming a party bill. Um, it's They control the agendas, they chair the committees, um, but I find that when you partner with them, it makes it much easier to get things yeah, done. And course. that's what things we do. Fast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So in these last several years that you've been in the Senate, what have been, have there been any, like, what do you feel, what are you most proud of that, that, that you've accomplished in the last several years? You know, if you, if you ask me which bill, and we've been fortunate that we had actual legislation that we worked in sign into law, um, I'm proud of that, and there are important things. We've had some that are um, so common sense that, again, like, how did we not think of this sooner? Right. One of them was just that if you, somebody passes away, and you're a family member, you can still drive the car without having to go to a motor vehicle in 30 days to get title, oh, to get the registration transferred. Yeah, Same thing with the title. Um, in the future, you can designate your beneficiary on the title so that you don't have to go through probate because when you're grieving, you have enough on your plate yeah, to no not kidding. think about that. We did Women's Veterans Day in New Jersey, bipartisan bill. Wow. Uh, Cleopatra Tucker was our partner in the assembly. Um, and that was just so many people that we worked together with that we were really, really proud of. Yeah. So there have been bills that I worked on that we're so proud of, but it, what we do on a daily basis, when we help someone in the office, when yeah. we make a difference, when we make their life a little bit easier, when we're able to resolve an issue, um, when we can help them, um, that's what we're supposed to do, right, and that's right. really what I'm more proud of. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like I feel that like people, and again, this is my own ignorance. I feel like people don't quite get the hierarchy and what they do and what they don't do. So, so I, you know, I encourage you guys. Listen, if you have questions, or you know, as the senator was saying, if, if you're at a dead end or you just don't know if you need help, or you know, this is the office to reach out. I'm going to put the email below uh, on the yeah. screen so that people can. Contact these guys, <laughs> uh, so that you know you can reach out and, and if you're going to complain on social media, just write an email to the senator and say, "Listen, I'm in your district. 
And I'm going to read off the towns because I don't even know if everybody knows what districts they're in. So in Bergen County, you have Franklin Lakes, Ridgewood, Wyckoff. Yep. Essex County, you have North, West, and regular Caldwell. There's no East Caldwell? No East Caldwell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that I know of. What, was that a district? That was, <laughs> what, what, what the governor uh, figured that out? And then you've got Cedar Grove, of course, home of Tommy D. Tommy Cutlets. Uh, Essex, Essex Falls, Fairfield, Verona, the quaint little town of Verona. That uh, one of the from interns Verona. is from, yeah. And uh, and then in Passaic County, you have Little Falls. You just picked up Hawthorne. Yep. Of course, you have Totowa, Wayne, and Woodland Park. Woodland Park. Wait, I don't even know. Where is Woodland Park? Right across the bridge. Is it really? <laughs> West, yeah, right there. <laughs> That's got to be like a postage stamp. <laughs> They're all the same. Totowa I don't even know if I've ever seen a sign for Woodland the same, Park. About the same size. They're the Passaic Valley towns. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so those are all your towns. If you're in the legislative district 40 then this is your senator this is who to talk to she has a tremendous team behind her uh are you do you have any goals planned for the next four years so we're always hoping to get a lot done um but you know starting with hopefully state government getting back to work and um (laughs) that would be good so you know so everybody can pick up the phone and, and and get their issues resolved. You know, sometimes the issues find you. There are definitely things that I know we're going to continue to work on as we go forward. Um, Definitely bail reform is on everybody's um, radar right now that we all agree we don't want people serving time in jail for really minor offenses that nobody belongs in jail for, but um, I don't think anybody feels safer right now. with carjackings and home invasions. So I think you'll see all of us working on that. Um, and how do you interact with sheriffs and different you know, law enforcement? We are in touch with our um, police chiefs regularly. We okay. hear from them, we reach out to them, they reach out to us on, and same thing with our sheriffs, about what's going on, what we need to work on. Um, we've done um, meetings with them, we've done press releases with statements from them. Um, we interact with them. We go to meetings, meetings with us and the police chiefs, what we can work on. Um, so we definitely have heard from them about what needs to so be it's done. So constant communication. There's um, a new issue that um, probably wouldn't have thought about in the last few years that is definitely on our radar and we're going to be focusing on going into the next session. Deep fake pornography. Um, it is artificial intelligence um, generated child porn. What? Um, there was an incident outside of our district that just mm. happened where a high school student took the faces, the photos of his female classmates and generated porn and it was shared, like sexting. It was shared among several schools. Um, there it's like really are a bully. There's no penalties really for it. It's not even a crime. Um, or a severe enough crime with deterrent. And I, we talked to one of the moms yesterday whose daughter um, is one of these, uh, unfortunately, a victim. And the mom was great because she said, I don't even know if they understand what they're doing. And so education, um, focusing on education and making sure that um, you understand what they're doing. And I don't have the answers yet, but we'll work together with the various groups to get the answers. You know, we, we tend to say, sometimes we think it's a great idea, we're going to teach that in school. And we can't add one more thing to right. the school day. And, yeah. and we're putting too much on our teachers and too much um, on the 
curriculum and, and getting back to basics and maybe we bring in law enforcement or maybe we bring in somebody from the AG's office to just have these conversations with high school students that, you know, this is what's out there, this is what you need to be aware of, but these are crimes and this is why, you know, there are consequences. So maybe a little bit of a different approach, making sure it doesn't happen in the future, but um, the artificial intelligence probably was not a conversation we would have been having a few yeah. years ago. And then we always love the bills that are common sense and make your life better. Right. Um, cut out the red tape, <laughs> make things good. easier. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can do it online or those people that need um, to go in person and resolve an issue, we want to make sure they have that ability to, like, full service motor vehicle offices. Yeah. Remember that? When you can just go take care of everything at one, one, yeah, day, one stop. Yeah, be good. So yeah. things like that. Anything that makes your life better. And then always keeping Not focus. going to the motor vehicle's office that's makes true my life too. better. We've done some of that, and that's been great. Take the things that we learned to do better during COVID and keep them in place, but making sure that there's alternatives there available. You know, we had people that weren't um, tech savvy, and I'm one of those, but um, that had never filed online for uh, unemployment, and right. we would have them or disability, and they're coming to our office, and you know, we're setting up the computer and, and assisting them, and we oh, were doing, really? we were taking their information and filing the claims for them. Wow. Um, so, government, that's that. There's a place for that, but that's the you know, government's job, the administration's yeah. job to take yeah. care of that. So. But anything that makes life easier, and same thing with um, you know our veterans, our first responders, um, and our DDD community. You know what can we do to help you? Those are always our focus. Well, listen, if you guys have any ideas, something that you want to turn into a bill, or something that you'd like to see change, <laughs> or any questions at all, call them. Right there. <laughs> They're sending. They're t they're telling me things that we've done in the past. We did a bill. Debbie's right that we were proud of, and we worked directly with the community to put a notation on your driver's license. Um, it's voluntary, um, noting that the driver has is autistic or has a developmental oh. disability, so that the law enforcement knows they're interacting um, oh, with somebody that may have a disability. Did you guys do that? We did. We wow. did that again. It was ideas from. It was mostly moms and dads yeah. um, who had that a child that it. was autistic, right. um, again, hard of hearing, yeah. and saying, you know, they might. What was that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so, such a simple idea from the parents, and um, was really well received. And uh, such a small thing, but can make life so much easier. Well, especially, you know, I, I have several friends that have children that are on the spectrum. And yeah. You know, they've shared some of the nightmares yeah. of trying to get things done. So, you know, any issues like that, you know, reach out, send an email. Don't complain. Complaining <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram gets you nowhere. All it does is have people talk about you behind your back. <laughs> so don't do that. If you have questions, really, if you have questions, reach you have out. concerns, you're at a dead end, whatever it is, send an email. You see the email address. Yeah. Make a phone call. Call Debbie. Call Donnie. <laughs> Donnie. Call the new intern from Verona. <laughs> Uh, but at least reach out and, and try to get things done rather than sitting back and complaining about it. That, yeah. that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, and we understand that people are frustrated. Usually we're the, we're the last last chance, last hope. And but, so but at least maybe start there. We're really maybe good start at, at, at the office. calming people down. Um, we like to say we're really good at talking people off the ledge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the time you know they hang up from the call, they're laughing, they're smiling. You know, they'll, they'll say, "I'm sorry, I'm not mad at you, but you answered the phone, so I had to yell at right, someone." Yeah, um, I usually it, start with that. Yeah, this yeah. has no reflection on you. 
personally. Yeah, and we get that. But and I'm so really if, angry right now. Yeah, we understand why they're angry too. So, yeah, yeah. so if we can help, we want to. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. again, reach out to the senator's office if you have questions. You have, you know, issues that you want to that you're having a hard time dealing with. And again, if you have ideas, things that, that might make it better for everybody, not just yourself. No one wants to know why you can't get your driveway plowed on time. But if there's if there are ideas and things that you want to share that, that may help other people as well, reach out to the office and, and get their feedback. Uh, if you're in the LD40. If you're not in LD40, if you're in any of these other towns that weren't listed, then call your... your uh, <laughs> Look it up, figure out who your your legislative district is, and reach out to them because that's what they're here for. They're here to help. If you're not sure, we'll put you in touch with your senator. So you can people. start here. There you go. <laughs> we will. See? We do that quite a she bit. She did it. She did it. <laughs> She's the one that said it. We get that all the time. Yeah. I told you before, like, um, you know, my family and friends, yeah, I get stopped in the, you know, food shopping, and um, my <laughs> husband will, will get stopped, and, you know, can your wife help me? Sure. Here's her number. Yeah. <laughs> so we're good. However you get in touch with us, we'll help you. See, that's what it is. They're, they're here to help. You just have to reach out and ask for the help. So hopefully this uh, this will help you, everybody you know find a place a, a, yeah. a place they can call home. Yeah. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Again, congratulations. Thank you. I'm gonna see you in Hawthorne more. Yes, you and, will. And you know, I don't know if you have your tickets for It's a Wonderful Life, but we're doing that this on weekend. December 17th. And listen, we're sold out. But if you do want tickets. Send me an email. Go to comments at thetowncast.com. We have people that end up not showing up, and, and we'll make sure to take care of it because it's one of those films that you have to see during the holiday season. You do. Thank More you than again. once. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again. And uh, wish everybody a happy Hanukkah and a very Merry Christmas. Uh, I think we have one or two more left uh, episodes for the, uh, the balance of the year, and then it's 2024. It'll be here before you know it. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. Be well, everybody. Take care.